0: in apex north carolina stay tuned at the end of the program we will give you information on how to contact us so be sure to have a pen and paper ready today pastor rodney will be teaching from the book of romans chapter one so grab your bibles and follow along now with today's teaching here's pastor rodney
1: what about the pygmies in that room no what about you God has revealed himself. There are no true atheists. Just because you don't believe in God does not mean he does not exist. Somebody say amen. Amen. Well, I just don't believe it. And? What? Oh, when you don't believe God goes, oh, darn, what am I going to (laughs) do? What do I do now? Look, just because you don't believe God, you didn't throw God off. He still exists whether you believe or not. There's no true atheist at all. God has revealed himself through nature. Paul says his divine attributes, get this, his divine attributes are clearly seen through the things that are made. You can see God through the things that are made. You can't escape God. You can't look at the mountains and go, oh, well, they just showed up. You can't look at your watch and go, oh, it just showed up. If you have a watch, there must be a watchmaker. You got a pair of shoes, there has to be a cobbler. Y'all don't even know what a cobbler is, do you? <laughs> I know the world a cobbler. I know peach cobbler. <laughs> Just hand me some of that. What's a cobbler? He's like, Martha, what's a cobbler? It's a shoemaker. That's dating myself there. But, you, but, but, but the things that are, are, are seen, clearly seen, are, are the things that testify to the existence of God. If you have a design, you must have a designer. It was Dr. Jan David Hedding. Uh, he's a theologian and a pastor. And he said this, it is not that we don't know about God. The evidence of his existence is everywhere in this wonderful biosphere we call home. The billboards of creation splash the advertisement of intelligent design all around us. Listen, from the telescope to the microscope, we can learn of God. I found something very interesting. Uh, Maybe I can squeeze it in. Very interesting. I want to show you uh, this little online thing I found is a view, listen, from the Milky Way at 10 million light years from the Earth. And then from the Milky Way, we zoom in to a microscopic world of a leaf all the way into the subatomic universe of electrons and protons. This is what this shows you. Let's turn off the lights. Let me see if I can have this microphone because I want to read you the captions as uh, as we uh, scroll through. I think you will find this uh, fascinating. So can I have my mic there? Okay. You can turn all the lights off. It'll be seen better. Yeah. Okay. All right, how am I doing? Good. Okay, look, let me get over here so I can see because I'm going blind, y'all. Okay, let's see. Here we have a view, 10 million light years away from the Milky Way. an order of magnitude closer, that's one million light years. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, look at all those stars, and God knows the name of every one of them. Stars at the rim of the Milky Way galaxy. We're zooming in closer. Stars in the Milky Way galaxy. 100 light years from Earth and nothing but stars. And more stars at 10 light years from the Earth. The sun is the brightest star at one light year. The sun is growing larger. (laughs) The solar system from one billion, 100 billion kilometers away. Our solar system. Orbits of Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, and Jupiter. Parts of the orbits of Venus, Earth, and Mars. Part of the Earth's orbit. The Earth and the orbit of the moon. The Earth from 100,000 kilometers. The Western Hemisphere of the Earth. Southeastern United States. Leon, Wakula, and Franklin counties in Florida. Southwest Tallahassee, Florida. The National High Magnetic Field Laboratory, there's the roof, nearby trees, the lake and the laboratory roof, top of a large oak tree, (laughs) yeah, oak tree branch with leaves, oak tree leaves at actual size, from a telescope to a microscope, surface of an oak leaf magnified ten times, Surface of an oak leaf magnified a hundred times. Cells on the leaf surface. Individual leaf cells. The nucleus of a leaf cell. Chromatin in the leaf cell nucleus. Individual DNA strands. DNA nucleotide building blocks. Outer electron cloud of carbon atom. Electron in the inner electron shell. Empty space between the inner shell and nucleus. Nucleus viewed beneath the electron shells. Nucleus of a carbon atom. Face to face with a single proton. Examining quarks. And they say, the Big Bang did all that. (laughs) I get a Big Bang out of that comment. Did y'all enjoy that? Interesting. Wasn't that interesting? (laughs) And so what we have here, listen, I show you that to tell you this. The planetary, solar, atmosphere, biosphere down to the ecosystem, listen, God listen, did not wear gloves when he created this place. God left his fingerprints all over everything. And Psalm... 19 tells us the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. That's why in verse 20, or pardon me, verse 19, look at it again. The Bible says God has shown it to them. And in verse 20, it says that they are without excuse. Men know God from creation and conscience but refuse to honor him as God. And basically God says this. They know, I know they know, and they know they know. They, the scientist, knows. And in order for you to reject God, you have to reject science. You see, God has made himself known to every man. You must suppress the truth. Point number one in our outline. Point number two, I got to move on. The truth substituted. Look at verse 21 in chapter one. Because although they knew God in verse 21, they did not glorify him as God, but were, notice, they were not thankful But they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became fools and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds and four footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up. You'll see this again to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who changed the truth of God substituted the truth of God for, note this, saints, the lie, not a lie, the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Give me your attention. Notice when a man is obstinate, hard-hearted, unthankful, refuse to glorify God, God will allow them to go their own way. If they want to suppress or steer their lives in a direction that God has not intended, then God will allow them to go their own way. And they will substitute the truth. If you don't want to deal with the the truth, then you have to have a substitute for the truth. And God will allow them. God will give them up. And when you substitute the truth... Then you become futile and vain and empty in your thoughts. Their reasoning becomes off center and then they become foolish. Their foolish hearts are darkened. Their perceiving becomes off and their philosophy about God and about life is off philosophy, philosophers. Someone once said this, a philosopher, listen, is like a blind man in a dark room looking for a black cat that isn't there And then they went on to say, well, that's not the problem. The problem is he finds it. <laughs> that's philosophy for you. Looking for something that's not there. And if it's not there, well, we better make something up. You see, their foolish hearts were darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They've become fools. And then they're substituting the truth about themselves, professing themselves to be wise. Fools. The word fool in the Greek language is moron. Isn't that interesting? They become morons. So the steps of godlessness is they suppress the truth and they go from intelligence to ignorance to rejection to idolatry. Changing the glory of God to an image made like birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And because of that, God gave them up. You'll see that three times in this text. You'll see it again in verse 26. God gave them up. Verse 28, God gave them up. Verse 24, as we just read it, God gave them up. In other words, God allowed them to do what they wanted to do. And God says, this is what you want? I'll give you up to the lust of your hearts to dishonor your own bodies and exchange the truth of God for the lie. Notice in verse 26. Gotta move on. Truth, soil, soil. Last point, verse 26, if you're there, say amen. And for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust, one for another men with men committing what is shameful. King Jimmy says unseemly and receiving in themselves the penalty of the error, which was due and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up or over to a reprobate mind or a debase mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things and disobedience to parents undeserving, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, and unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice have a lifestyle of such, are deserving of death, and not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice God gave them up because they exchanged the truth for The lie, the lie. Now you want to notice that the lie, not a lie, the lie. When I think of the lie, I actually go back to the law of first mention as you interpret the Bible. The law of first mention, you find the lie, a lie being told first mentioned in the book of Genesis. Don't you remember as Satan comes to Eve and says, if you eat of the tree, you shall not die, but you shall be as God. So the lie, I believe, is refusing to worship God and then enthroning yourself as God. The lie. So God gave them up. And they serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. So as man would harden his heart and turn against the testimony that God gave in creation, God gives them up to vile affections. Women began to exchange the natural use of the woman and men leaving the natural use of woman burned in their lust one toward another, doing what is shameful. A woman with a woman and a man with a man is shameful, unseemly. And they receive in themselves a penalty of their error, which is due. In other words, they get a reward for what they are doing, but it isn't what they expected. They get a reward, but it's not the reward that they expected. Now, listen, there are many people that say that the Bible, listen, doesn't say homosexuality is wrong. There are a lot of people who say that. You cannot read the Bible. You cannot read this text and not come to the conclusion, and no two ways to slice it, this text is talking about homosexuality, and that it is wrong. Listen, pro-gay theology interprets this verse this way. It says this, listen, this is someone born A heterosexual who becomes a homosexual, thus it is a sin because it's unnatural and it doesn't relate to the one born a homosexual. That's what pro-gay theology teaches about this text. There are whole, full, pro-gay, gay churches in the country. And this is how they treat this Text, listen, God says homosexuality is wrong. God says it is a sin. But listen, once you deny that there's no creator, well, then where does the sin stop? Well, then it's open for anything. Everybody go do what they want because you don't acknowledge that there's a creator. And if there's no creator, then there's no one that we have to be accountable to. If there's no creator, then there's nobody that we have to submit to. If there's no creator, well, then there's no such thing as the S-word, sin. The S-word. There's no creator. Well, there's no need for forgiveness. So you have to deny the creator, the designer, in order to arrive with this kind of theology that the Bible doesn't condemn homosexuality. And then you begin to substitute and soil the truth. You understand? Say Amen. And listen, if you don't agree with the Bible, that's fine. But don't say the Bible doesn't say something that the Bible clearly says. You understand? Listen, it's not an alternative lifestyle somehow accepted by God. It isn't hereditary passed on genetically. The Bible says it is shameful. King James says it's unseemly. Now get this. I got to tell you this. Listen, the Greek word for unseemly shameful, is the Greek word. Let me see if I can pronounce it. Eskimos. Eskimosune. It's very difficult. Eskimosune. Eskimosune. Thank you, Lord. Eskimosune. That's the Greek word for unseemly. Listen, it literally means, watch this, against the schematic. Against the schematic. Listen, the schematic that God has drawn out is a man with a woman. Amen? Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I'm gonna wait while y'all applaud for God. Go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna wait. You understand. That's God's schematic. And listen, the gay lifestyle isn't gay. Ain't unhappy happy about it. It's painful. What do you mean, Rodney? Listen at this. The Family Research Institute did a study on homosexuality and came to these statistics. The average m- men, The average age of men in the United States dying of AIDS is 39 years old. The average age of homosexuals dying of all causes is 41. 1% of homosexuals live to be 65 or older. 3% of homosexuals live past 55. The obituaries in the gay media suggest that a lifestyle choice may cut two to three decades of life expectancy. Homosexual men are three times as likely to have alcohol or drug problems, 14 times more likely to have syphilis, 23 times more likely to contract a venereal disease, 1,000 times more likely to contract AIDS. In San Francisco, which is one of the most openly gay cities in America, against the national average, two times the rate of infectious hepatitis A, three times the rate of infectious infectious hepatitis B, 22 times the rate of venereal disease. Among homosexuals, the ratio of men murdered is 50 times higher than the general population, 60 times higher for suicide than the general population. Listen, the gay lifestyle isn't gay, it's painful. And what we have to do is listen, you don't judge them, you love them. We are not called to judge folks. That's God's job. We're called to love them, not judge them. We're called to love them. And the interesting thing that, that I find, I'm just to take a few more seconds and I'm going to get you all out of here. It is very interesting, though, that in the church today, we place great emphasis on homosexuals, a sin of homosexuality. It's such a sin, you homosexual. God's going to judge the homosexuals. <laughs> you know, it's like, a, oh, you're, you know, homosexual. oh, it's the worst thing in the world. When in fact, we don't ever talk about, nor do we really feel the same way about the sin of adultery in the church. Yeah. We don't feel the same way about the sin of fornication in the church. We don't feel the same way about divorce and remarriage. I told y'all I was a whooping this morning, didn't I? We don't feel the same way about that. Oh, well, you know, that life happens. It's, you know, life happens to us all. But somebody's a homosexual. God is going to judge you. You better repent of your sin right now. Would you like to Repent but we don't do that with other sins. (laughs) And I don't understand it because how is it that we preach that all sin is the same? Listen, if you steal a candy bar or you rob a bank, to God it's all the same. Oh, we preach that. But when it comes to other sins, well, now. That can't be. That's not right. The sin of homosexuality, listen, and not only that, but Paul does deal with homosexuality in this text. Let's say what the Bible says but he also lists a whole arm length list of other sins. He got to stacks it on in case you start feeling a little bit (laughs) self-righteous. That's not me. That's not me. Well, that's not me. And then Paul, look, 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 look at verse 32. Paul says, look, those who practice these things are deserving of death and not only do the same, but also approve of those who do practice them. Paul says, hey, just in case you feel a little bit self-righteous, well, we're going to just include you as well. If you don't even approve of those. And he just piles up this list of sins, wickedness and unrighteousness and covetousness, which literally means an itch for more. Maliciousness, full of envy. Envy. Did you know envy was no small sin? Envy put Jesus on the cross. Did you know that? Matthew 27, 18, you look that up in your own time. Murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, whisperers, which literally means secret detractors. People who, under pretended secrecy, spread information, whether it's true or false. Whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. And then there's a list of undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful And so we're not called to judge them. We're called to love them. Jesus died for people who are sinners. We are to hate the sin. It sounds a little trite, I know. But it is still very true. We need to hate the sin, but what? Love the sinner. We know that. Let's do that. We know it. Let's love them. Because the goodness of God, we'll talk about in chapter 2, brings men to repentance, not the judgment of God. Telling people God's going to judge them and send them to hell because they are homosexuals. That's not going to bring people to Christ. What is going to bring people to Christ is that you say, you know what, you are where you are. And let me just tell you, Pastor Rodney's been in some of them places. I ain't going to tell you all the sins that I'm guilty of. Bunch of sins there I'm guilty of. None of us in this room are free from this list of sins. Somebody say amen. amen. And those of you that did not say amen, <laughs> you need to repent. You <laughs> know that's right. So I'm, I'm just thankful that for the grace of God, and I'm thankful for the love of God, and I'm thankful that God draws me by repentance, by, by loving kindness, have I drawn thee the Bible says. Love people. Tell them, yes, God died for you. Tell them that God's got something better for you. That's not where God wants you. You don't need to be there. God's got more for you. Give them the hope. The gospel is the good news, y'all, not the bad news. Amen. And remember, I told you, God is the good father, not the godfather. Godfather.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923.